Welcome, everyone. Uh, we're live here from Westmoreland County, Pennsylvania. Random podcast that we put together. Uh, Matthew and I here have always uh, kind of talked about doing this uh, just for fun. And uh, like we always talk about sports. And uh, so this idea kind of came together rather quickly. Um, but uh, this is our first one. And we're lucky enough to have a, a special guest with us today out from uh, California. Um, he's uh, one of my best childhood friends uh, from here in Westmoreland County. Actually, he's uh, currently employed by the Oakland A's as their cast live and uh, multimedia producer. So uh, without further ado, our first guest, uh, Sir Cody Elias. Anthony, it's a pleasure to be here to see you. Matthew, it's, it was, it's great to meet you. Uh, you know, it was great. You know, I, I've known Anthony since we were about well, about five, and Anthony was four. I'm a little bit old when I say a little bit, like less than a year. Uh, we grew up as childhood friends. You know, we still talk all the time. Um, he's coming to my wedding next year. Uh, actually, this year, excuse me. We're like what, like 10 months away from it. So uh, when he asked me on Saturday to be a part of this, I, I felt honored. I said, I told him, I said, man, you never have to ask. I'm always in to do things to help you with whatever I can. So I'm, I'm very honored to be here. So thank you guys for having me. Yeah, uh, you're, you're welcome. And thanks a lot uh, for joining us. Um, just to give everyone a little backstory here about Matthew and I quickly. Um, didn't want to disrespect Cody as he's our uh, first premier guest here. Um, but uh, Matthew and I have known each other for a good many years now. I uh, want to say maybe uh, nine or 10 almost. And uh, I, uh, I worked at the school that he attended and graduated from. And I've known him from uh, coaching him in basketball um, and seeing him develop into a great young man. Uh, so without further ado, I'll let Matthew say a little bit about himself. So Matthew, thanks for joining as well. <coughs> Um, yeah, yeah, you're welcome, man. Um, yeah, like Kurt said, I, um, I've known him for such a long time. Um, he was my basketball coach, or still is, because he played for the, um, Westmont and County Wolverines basketball team. Um, like he said, I did attend clearly in high school. I am, um, Going to the workshop now, unfortunately, um, it's shut down because of COVID. Um, but um, yeah, I'm going there. And um, before COVID, I um, worked at Lower Hannah, which is a nursing home, and they took at um, the diet in the dietary department. And then um, like I said, um, it's just, you know, it's an honor to be part of this. Um, thank you guys for offering me and inviting me to do this. Um, I love sports. I love all the picks for teams. I mean, I know pretty much all there is to know about sports. Um, and I was hoping that this thing is going to dump on Sunday. Um, well, unfortunately, they didn't. So, um, yeah, and um, I also um, did see the movie Moneyball with the Oakland A's. I thought I'd throw that in there. Um, since I'm quoting books for the A's, yeah. um, that's a great yeah. movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, Matthew. Um, 
those are all excellent points. I'm gonna I'll make a note of that so we touch on that real quick at the end of the call here. But uh, yeah, those are all excellent points, Matthew. Uh, thank you. Um, is we like I said, we can kind of go through here and uh, touch on each game, but. I uh, just wanted to kind of give them a background story of you real quick. And is there anything else you wanted to add to that, bud? Or are you ready to kind of get started? Um, no, that's, that's pretty much it. I can't really think of anything else. But, yeah, awesome. Awesome. Thank you both for providing the uh, backstory there uh, to both of you. And uh, just kind of touch touch it up on that real quick. Uh, Matthew had mentioned uh, the uh, Westmoreland Wolverines that he plays for, uh, which is the name of our uh, – Special Olympics basketball team here in Westmoreland County um, that was started by myself and, and a tremendous amount of other coaches um, that, that have been a part of that and growing uh, into its seventh year here. Uh, Cody has followed that um, throughout, uh, you know, updated him about what, what's going on, where we would travel to throughout the state. And uh, he's always been a big supporter of the program. Uh, so thank you for that, Cody. And uh, Matthew, I'm sure thanks you as well. And uh Yes, uh, he also mentioned the school, uh, Colleen Heights that he attended, um, and then now that attends the adult uh, workshop center there, uh, which is amazing program for uh, special needs adults. So all great stuff, and uh, Matthew's extremely knowledgeable, as he stated, about sports, so this should be fun and uh, all respectful. We'll keep it quick and then to the point, and uh, yeah, be ready to get started. So uh, kind of go through, and anything else, anyone, uh, anything else to add to that, guys, before we get going? <clears throat> yeah, I got one thing. You forgot to mention that I went to the Powerhouse High School in Westmoreland County. I went to the Jeanette Jayhawks. That's I'm a Jeanette Jayhawk grad. I didn't go to Greensburg, Salem, where you know we uh, we count participation trophies. We actually win titles. So just wanted to add that in there. He he's given that rap to Greensburg, Salem, but I didn't even want to tell him that you were a late trip Wildcat by heart because uh, he would give you. Some, uh, some of the business about that, too, jokingly. Um, but uh, he, he knows he's a Jayhawk. And uh, we, we all know Matthew and I are big uh, Westmoreland uh, whippy old sports historians for the most part, especially Westmoreland County. And we both fully acknowledge that Jeanette is a powerhouse. Right, Matthew? Yes. Yes, they are. I would definitely agree with that. So... But yes, Cody is lucky enough to be a Jeanette Jayhawk alum, class of 07, just in case anyone was wondering. So. Also, Cal, Vol Cal U Vulcans. Don't, don't sleep on the Vulcans. All, all, the, all the street cred. So, all right. Well, we'll get going with our actual podcast. Uh, kind of big uh, intro there since it's our first one official, unofficial podcast. Uh so, yeah, tonight uh, we're going to focus primarily on NFL uh, games uh, from this past weekend and from uh, this upcoming weekend. Um, I feel like we've got all got a lot to say to there, um, to those towards those games. Uh, so I'll um, go through them and uh, kind of make our comments and see where we're at. So um, go in order, I think, to be easiest. Um, so, yeah, uh, the first game of the weekend was the Colts at, at Buffalo. Uh, Matthew, you want to lead off with any comments? Um, yeah, I thought it was a great game. Um, really close throughout. Um, yeah, Buffalo, they um, had that big lead only, then Indy started to come back. There were a lot of close calls, too, and 
I mean, just a fun game to watch. Um, you know, it was a close playoff game, which is what you expect in the playoffs. I mean, like I say, yeah, pretty much it. Just a fun, um, fun and close game to watch. Um, really give Indy credit for handing in there against the Bears. Um, they almost pulled it out at the end. They just were not able to. So, um, yeah, good game. Yeah. Excellent points, excellent points. Uh, Cody, any comments? No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Chris hey. Berman has it right. Boomer and, and the great and local Western PA guy, Jim Kelly, uh, mentioned that nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I'm glad that the Bills were able to win that game. Uh, I like Josh Allen a lot. Um, he's actually from California, right? He's about two hours. He grew up about two hours south of where I live currently in San Jose. So, kind of rooting for him because he's a local kid for the Bay Area. Uh, I like Sean McDermott, but in re- in uh, in terms of the game, the Colts, you know, they have a good team, a very good defense. Uh, they have Philip Rivers. He's Philip Rivers. He's probably gonna go to the Hall of Fame. He typical typical Philip Rivers fashion. He's losing with about by about four points. Well, two minutes left, and he can't get it done. So typical Philip Rivers at the end of the game, and the Bills is their defense is so good. Um, from you know Tre'Davious White and you know Matt Milano, the defensive players they have, they just they just shut the Colts down at the end. And then, you know there was a con- that play at the end, the fumble with Zach Pascal was a little questionable. I thought that should have been a, a turnover, but they ended up stopping it anyway. So the Bills circled the wagons. They won. They're moving on. A big win for Josh Allen. No Zach Moss this weekend though. So that's going to be that's going to be interesting when they take on um, the Ravens. So I, I'm excited for that game too. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, yeah, you guys covered it all pretty much. Uh, Josh Allen was was obviously incredible. Um, I think uh, I didn't see the entire game, but I saw most of it, and he he made some incredible throws, especially right before halftime. There, a couple of the throws that he hit on the run before halftime. Were, were next level throws, um, so those are really impressive. Um, like you said, Philip Rivers kind of notorious for that type of loss. Um, you know, it, it's tough. He's always been good, uh, solid. Obviously, he said we'll make the Hall of Fame just by numbers standpoint. Um, but uh, I'd like to have, have seen him win that game. But uh, at the same time, I, I, I root for the Bills, and uh, they're on a roll right now, um, especially at home. They get another home game this week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, other than that, I think you guys covered everything, obviously, a little bit crazy ending there. Um, but uh, overall, I think the Bills uh, definitely have a strong team moving forward. So, and uh, that, that sound bite, Matthew, he had mentioned he had something special about the Buffalo Bills right before the show. Uh, we were chit-chatting, and uh, I, I, that's a very classic uh, Cody-like, and uh, that's what you get from a professional uh, podcaster. You should say. <laughs> so, have you ever heard that before? No one ever circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think I think I I have heard that. Yeah. It, c- correct me if I'm wrong, Cody, but it, it used to be a Chris Berman thing, correct? Right. Yeah, and, uh, Boomer and uh, and it, the video that 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 clip is actually from. It's Boomer and Jim Kelly, you know, legendary Hall of Fame uh, Bills and, quarterback, but and. And again, correct me if I'm wrong. With the one year they had 
started that, it was because they kept making a bunch of great plays on special teams, right? Yeah, that's why I think when Brian Mormon was the punter and that Bill's special teams was so good. Uh, yeah, that's, those are, that's back in the I days can't... whenever we would watch NFL primetime every Sunday night when primetime was still a thing. Now, it's still around, but it's not like it was when we were kids when, with Boomer and, and Tom Jackson. But, yeah, that that clip was uh, notorious, and, you know, it's it's been viral still. I post it every time the Bills win, so uh, I felt like it was, it was a good time to bring it back. Yeah, uh, obviously we're both a little bit older than Matthew, uh, maybe about five or six years, Matthew, um, older than you. But uh, either way, obviously, um, very knowledgeable. But, yeah, that was something, like he said, Cody said that uh, we used to watch uh, as kids together, look forward to NFL primetime on Sundays every week, uh, Chris Berman. But uh, the one year that they were really good, maybe a couple years, Chris Berman said that or played that all the time, and it just became a, a thing. So that was – that was funny in a sense that that was the first game we had talked about. So, okay, I think anything else with that game, fellas? <clears throat> good no, not, not that I can think of. Good to move on. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, the next game of the weekend was the Rams at the Seahawks. Uh, we can we'll alternate this to uh, keep it fair. <laughs> uh, but Cody, we'll let you go first with this one: the Rams at the Seahawks. These are two teams I watch a lot because I'm a fan of the 49ers as well. Um, I live about 15 minutes from Levi Stadium, and I got I get to see the Rams and, and Hawks play a lot. And I was surprised to see John Wolford start the game for the Rams, but, you know, Anthony and I are big fans of backup no-name quarterback starting games, and he starts the playoff game, and he, he played well. Then he gets taken out by a, a pretty bad hit by Jamal Adams, and then Jared Goff comes in with the uh, bad thumb and all, two screws in there, and – you know, plays the game manager and gets the gets the Rams to win. I didn't think the the Seahawks would be as bad as they were. Their offense just looked bad. The second half of the season, when Russell Wilson was supposed to be an MVP candidate, they were you know they had the most explosive offense in Seahawks history. DK Metcalf, um, he was on my fantasy team. Great player this year. Had a great game, but Jalen Ramsey shut him down all year. But he still had a big game, and this game went, kind of one didn't matter. But the Rams moving on. They have a good defense. Aaron Donald, you hope he can go this weekend. Uh, they, they're just skilled everywhere on defense. And Sean McVay uh, could quite arguably the brightest young coach in the NFL. I'm very happy for him to see the Rams get back in the, uh, the win column after that disastrous Super Bowl they had against the Patriots. So I, I don't want to sleep on the Rams, especially if Goff, get, Goff gets healthy, Cooper Cup's healthy, and he plays this weekend. I'd watch the Rams, but I was surprised with how that game turned out. So um, good for the Rams. Uh, everyone here hates the Seahawks. So... Uh, everyone was happy the Seahawks won, especially with the 49ers not being in the postseason this year. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, Matthew? Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought Cody pretty much touching everything. I mean, I did not expect the Seahawks to look that bad either, especially at home. I mean, they are normally dominated at home, but I mean, the Rams went in there with the backup quarterback. I thought he played well before we got hurt. And um, really, you know, after that, they continue to play. Well, I mean, Seattle just couldn't do anything right offensively, defensively. Um, yeah, and the Rams, I thought, just took it to them in Seattle. It was um, certainly a surprise to see that. Again, I did not expect the Seahawks to play that bad, especially at home. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You guys again, which probably be the case on every game, uh, but that's that's great. Uh, you guys covered it. 
Uh, Cody hit the, you know, the points first, and Matthew followed him. And uh, Matthew, it's kind of hard to keep up with him, huh, man? He's got some great stats <laughs> and great yeah. insight. And uh, he hits it bullet after bullet. Uh, he's he's a skilled skilled at the job. Um, but no, he hit it right. Uh, with backup, John Warford came in and uh, played great until he got hurt. And uh, Goff came in and uh, game manager. Obviously, that's the the quote that always kind of goes with that. But like, like what it, you know, what it essentially means is he did enough to win and he didn't make mistakes. And uh, that's what he did. Um, and you know, their defense obviously played great with the help of Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and everyone else they have. Um, they they uh, they they did what they had to do. But you guys both said it. The Seahawks offense was was downright awful. Um, DK Metcalf, obviously a superstar all year, uh, didn't do too much. Uh, obviously with Ramsey on him or whoever else they you know were mixing and matching to shut him down, double teams, whatever they were doing, um, they they did what they had to do and you know continue to mix it up. Um, but either way, uh, offense altogether was just not not on point um, and. You could give the credit to the Rams there or, or say the Seahawks, but either way, um, pretty much domination by the Rams. And uh, you know, like Cody said, uh, McVay, a great, amazing young coach. Um, he's every does everything he has to do uh, to get it done. And uh, obviously they have that tough Super Bowl loss in their rearview mirror, you know, pretty short past here. Uh, but overall, they, they have a great team, and you never know. Um, it'll be interesting this week to see what they can do. Okay, uh, moving on. Um, Buccaneers at the uh, Washington football team. Uh, Matthew, you can start this one off. <coughs> if I could show me, I know how good Tom Brady is, you know, with his foundation with the Patriots. I mean, whenever I heard the news that Alex Smith was on, I'm like, I don't think Washington has a chance to win this game. I mean, you talk about you know, you know, a young quarterback that kind of can't be going up against Tom Brady. It's like to me, this is clearly a mismatch that's in the Buccaneers' favor. But as he done him, kind of Hickey did really well. I thought he made some amazing draws. Um, it didn't seem like he was facing a by the so a playoff game against Tom Brady. Um, I guess on the Buccaneers still run, but really, I mean, you know, I think, um, you know, the future's bright for Washington if, you know, trying to hit me. If he keeps playing like that, um, he can be, I think, one of, you know, the father back ups in the league. Um, like I said, I was really impressed with him. I'm giving credit, but unfortunately for Washington, it just wasn't enough to win. Uh, yeah, that's definitely true. Um, I didn't know the uh, correct spell or correct pronunciation exactly of uh, his name either. It's a little tough. Uh, Cody, could you clear that up for us? With yeah, the correct. That be that be Old Dominion great Tyler Heineke is the uh, the quarterback from the Washington football team. And Matthew it's hit t- on it. He hit on it. Oh yeah, Tyler Heineke is how you say it's it. It's t- Tyler Heineke. Heineke. Yeah. Tyler Heineke. Okay. Yeah, that was a tough one. The best thing that Heineke did, as Matthew pointed out, is. He made some really good throws to guys on that team that if you're not a casual – if you're just a casual football fan, you don't know who Steven Sims is or Logan Thomas. Uh, you might know scary Terry McLaurin because he was a good receiver last year for Washington, but uh, Heineke kept him in the game. Tom Brady has started – what Tom Brady has 
won now 31 playoff games. That's almost double than what Joe Montana won, who's the next closest in the playoff wins. Uh, Brady is just – he's a special, special quarterback. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, he's a Bay Area guy, so, you know, everyone here where I live loves him. Oh, well, it's a love-hate with him because of Joe Montana. But back to the game, uh, Washington, the only thing that disappointed me about them is their, their defensive line with Montez Sweat and Chase Young and they're all – Jonathan Allen, they're all first-round draft picks, and they didn't, they didn't control the run game well enough with Leonard Fournette playing with no Ronald Jones. So uh, – Brady's gonna. Brady's got a good uh, team around him. Antonio Brown, Gronk's there. Uh, uh, Chris Godwin, who dropped four passes in the game. That was mostly he had four drops, I think, all season. And you saw Mike Evans. They're very talented with Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. You know, Steeler legends in, in the coaching ranks. But uh, they're gonna be tough going forward. And it's again, like I mentioned, Buffalo. I'm excited to see him and Drew Brees play. Uh, that's gonna be a good matchup next weekend. But Matthew put it uh, great too. Washington has a bright future going forward. They seem to land a franchise quarterback, and I think they'll be in good hands with Ron Rivera as their head coach. Yeah, ex excellent points, guys. Uh, try to get through this quickly. Um, you said uh, the Alex Smith uh, not playing was kind of a shock to everyone uh, as we got it closer to the game there. Um, but uh, Taylor Heineke came in, and, uh, man, he, he played great. Uh, like you said, uh, he has a bright future. Washington has a bright future. Hopefully they make him their quarterback. They were smart. Um, I think they will, but we'll see. Um, but like Cody put it, uh, some some no names, kind of in a sense. If you're not a huge Washington fan or close to the area, um, but they have some bright young stars. And uh, I tell you what, I really like that Logan Thomas man. He made some made a really good catch. Uh, was this week or last week? I can't remember. Um, but he made a great touchdown catch and some other awesome catches. Terry McLaurin, Steven Sims. Uh, some really bright uh, young stars there. So the Washington football team uh, offensive line – or defensive line, I apologize, with uh, the first-round picks, uh, they really struggled uh, to get pressure on Brady. Brady looked pretty comfortable. And uh, the, the biggest thing I saw from that game uh, was, was Gronk. Um, I, I saw him in a handful of plays that they used him as a blocker, and he really neutralized uh, their pass rush. Um so I think he was a huge part in, in blocking in that game, which was kind of a surprise to me in a sense. Um, but but he played really well. And overall, they just neutralized, excuse me again, the Washington football team. Um, their, uh, their defensive line, they, they really didn't get too much pressure. So um, another point I was going to make, Cody kind of stole it, uh, but um, the uh, the Mount Rushmore uh, of, uh, of quarterbacks there with Brady with 31 wins, um, that, that's impressive. Uh, that really is. Uh, the, the next closest is Montana with how many? Uh, 16? Yeah, it's 16. So he has almost, I think it's, yeah, 16. Uh, and he's like, and he's almost double. If he wins this weekend, he'll double the amount of wins that Montana has in the playoffs. And Joe's known as the great, you know, everyone here thinks he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not going to disparage anyone, but Tom Brady's been in nine Super Bowls, possibly 10. I think that he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, that's amazing. I mean, that many more wins, uh, than the other. That's somebody's alert. What, what was that? That's a, that's actually a cuckoo clock for six. For... That's not guy. That's my cuckoo clock. Oh, that was Matthew's. Okay. I thought Cody put a sound bite on there. No, that's uh, it's a, uh, what? Eight o'clock now on the East coast for you guys. It just turned five for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, um, yeah, so that's all with that game. But uh, overall, great game. But um, I'm 
excited about the matchup next week, Brady Breeze, which we'll talk more about, obviously. So, um, okay, uh, moving on to the next game, uh, Baltimore at Tennessee. And uh, I think, Cody, I think you're up first with this one. Yeah, uh, I didn't really see a lot of this game, I'll be honest, but uh, I was checking a lot just because I wanted to see I wanted to see how Lamar Jackson would do, and, and he got it done. Um, you know, the narrative was he can't win the big game. He was terrible in his first playoff game. He threw it 59 times last year in, in, in the Ravens' loss to the Titans. And then this year he got redemption against the, the, the Titans this year, and I'm glad they're moving on. I know that's going to be hard for people in Pittsburgh and the Westmoreland County to hear someone say they're glad the Ravens are moving on in the postseason, but I'm happy for Lamar Jackson and, and John Harbaugh. So Tennessee is a good team. Uh, Derrick Henry did not have a great game. A.J. Brown didn't really get going. Tannehill looked like a – I mean, he looked like a system quarterback in that game. He didn't look like a top 10 offensive efficiency guy in, in that game. So, good for Baltimore. They're moving on. They got a tough game against uh, Josh Allen and the Bills. Remember, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. I'm excited for that game. But that's all I got on that one. Okay, nice. Good good bit. Uh, Matthew? Um, yeah, again, I'm moving to a good game. The Titans got up 10 nothing, and I'm so Ravens fans are thinking, oh boy, here we go again. We're going to lose again in the playoffs for Vinny. I mean, Lamar Jackson let the Ravens back. He had the big touchdown run to tie the game up at 10, and I get the Ravens momentum. And I'm really after that. Um, the Titans is going to do anything. I thought the Ravens. Um, I actually thought they did a good job of shutting down David Kennedy. I thought that was going to be the key if the Ravens can stop David Kennedy. They had a chance. And really, I mean, Henry just couldn't do anything. And Lamar Jackson did. And um, you know, the Ravens, they came back and they ran in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, congrats to them. Um I guess and then it was interesting after they got that in the such, you know, they've um stomping on the Titans logo because they got back at the Titans such at the Titans stomped on their logo in the first meeting in Baltimore. Um and yeah, again it was a good game, close game and um fun game to watch. Excellent. Yep. Uh, great points, both of you guys. Um uh, yeah, this, the same thing. Uh, Lamar Jackson was was pretty phenomenal to me. Uh, that run he had uh, goes without saying, but man, was that phenomenal! That Harbaugh, I think Harbaugh was quoted saying that was the best run he had seen by a playoff in the quarter uh, by a quarterback in the playoffs. Um, but that that was an incredible run. Um, and like Cody said, obviously as a Steelers fan in Westmoreland County, um, natives and around surrounding area, you don't want to see her happy for the Ravens, but at the same time you respect them. Um, and they're, they're a good football team. Um, and Lamar Jackson's only improving and getting better. Um, like both of you guys had stated, it was kind of a revenge game from last year. Um, they were dominated last year, and they came back and uh, really proved they deserved to be there. Uh, Lamar's first playoff win. And, uh, yeah, I'm kind of happy for them in a sense. Like Matthew had stated, that it's not the same story. You know, they go down 10 nothing. you think they're going to lose. Uh, same old Ravens kind of, you know, um, struggle in the playoffs. Um, and uh, they turned the tide very quickly with that. And after that, I mean, well, even before that, but um, the whole game pretty much, like Matthew had stated uh, specifically, 
they they neutralized Derrick Henry. He he did essentially nothing, and that's how you have to play, and you, what you have to shut down if you're going to beat the Titans, kind of make Tannehill beat you. But they uh, also neutralized him. They uh, Titans did not move the ball very well after those first two drives or first three drives, whichever they had scored on uh, first ten points to say. After that, they they almost did essentially nothing. Um, so yeah. Um, not too much else to say. Ravens only a seven point win, but it essentially kind of felt like a dominated domination after a certain point. It really turned the tide and didn't look back. So, um, go, you know, good luck to the Ravens moving on. So, okay, uh, moving on to the Bears Saints. Um, I'll actually start this off. I'll go kind of quick with it. Um, I don't think there's too much to say with this. I think, uh, I think the Saints really much start start to finish had dominated had they not got stopped on the uh, millimeter line with Drew Brees there I think uh, the score would have looked a lot worse uh, Jimmy Graham obviously I think that was kind of neat with his amazing catch at the end just running to the locker room uh, but overall I mean it was a playoff game but essentially uh, again only a 12 point win but again I just feel like the Saints had dominated uh, especially after that Bears uh, Flea flicker type of pitch touchdown drop that that was a tie changer. I, I think that deflated everything that bears any chance they had. So that's all I have. Uh, Cody. I think the best part of this game, because nobody wants to watch Mitchell Trubisky play, uh, was the if anyone caught it, the game was on Nickelodeon. And so they had Nate Burleson and, and Jonah Eagle, the son or no Eagle, sorry, no Eagle, the son of uh, Ian Eagle. And I remember, I think she, I can't remember her name. I, I apologize because I didn't see the broadcast. I just heard from everyone was talking. I was watching the videos. But if anyone growing up watched Nickelodeon, you could see when uh, Michael Thomas scored his first touchdown of the year, uh, they slimed him on the slime cam, which is pretty cool. And then they slimed Sean Payton after the game. But just going, I knew the Saints were going to win. Um, the Bears had no shot. They shouldn't have been in the playoffs. If, if the Cardinals didn't choke it away down the end of the year with – Kyler Murray and, and Cliff Kingsbury. I thought the Cardinals should have been in, but they choked it away. The Bears with Mitchell Trubisky, you know what you're getting out of him. Uh, they, they couldn't get anything done on offense. The drop by Jordan Weems was terrible on that flea, flick, flea flicker play. Uh, that kind of changed the momentum. And then, you know, everyone wanted to see Drew Brees and Tom Brady next week. I don't think we wanted to see uh, Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy. No offense to Matt Nagy, I actually like him, but I don't want to see them move on. Uh, so good win for the Saints, and we we get the dream matchup of Brady Breeze part three of this year. Absolutely, looking forward to it. Uh, Matthew, go ahead. Yeah, um, I think you guys touching. I mean, that drop that the Bears had, I thought, um, turned the game around. I mean, they had that touchdown. The guy dropped it. It was right in his hands, and he just dropped it. And I mean, I just think you can. You can tell that that kind of deflated the Bears. Um, I mean, really, the Saints took advantage of that. I'm with you guys. I thought from start to finish, the Saints played well. Um, the score was close, but I don't really know um, if you can really reflect on that based on how well the Saints played. Uh, they played well, and yeah, we get um, Brady and Breeze part three. On Sunday, can't wait to see it. It's gonna be a great game, and um, yeah. So it's what we were, we were all hoping for to see it, and um, we got it. So can't wait to see it. Yep. Uh, same here. Same here. So, 
Um, well, as a, as a much anticipated game, um, move on. Uh, I'm sure we could all talk for hours about this next game, but, you know, obviously keep trying to keep it relatively short. Um, and, and the box score, it actually doesn't look terrible, but it was terrible. Uh, a 48 to 37 win by the Browns. Uh, Cody, I'll let you uh, serve this one up and start off. Uh, when they when the when Pouncey snapped the ball over Ben's head to start the game, I was like, "Yeah, this isn't good." And then, well, I think everyone thought that. But then when it was twenty-eight nothing in that game, I literally I went. I remember I went on Twitter and I tweeted out, "The Browns have more points in the first quarter than the Pirates had wins all season in 2020." So that just shows you a microcosm of how this how that game was going. Uh, the Browns look great. I'll give all the credit in the world to Baker Mayfield. He looked great. He made the throws that he needed. Uh, Nick Chubb is a fourth-quarter running back. As you saw, he had 300 yards in the fourth quarter of the season. He kind of put the game away in the fourth. Stiller's got a lot of work to do going forward. We don't know what Ben's going to – what's going to happen with Roethlisberger. Um, who's, if, is Juju going to be back next year? Where, are they going to draft a running back? Najee Harris looked great in the, in the uh, national title game last night. But, yeah, that game was just a uh, – uh, a doozy, I guess, as you could put it, a snoozer, um, because the Steelers just went fell down so far, and then you know Ben just looked terrible. What could possibly be his last game? So, uh, very disappointing. But this is gonna this is gonna hurt for a lot of people. But I'm actually happy for Browns fans because they've waited so long for that for their team to win a playoff game. The last time they won a playoff game, Bill Belichick was the head coach. So that's how long it's been. So happy for Cleveland. Um, I guess because the Steelers just played a bad game. If it was a like a one like a one a one point loss, I'd be a little different. But since the the Browns just won by double digits, I feel a little differently. So disappointing, but kind of happy for Cleveland fans. Yeah, uh, Matthew. <coughs> yeah, uh, really, there's not much to say but this one. I mean, my fun is done. I mean, yeah, as soon as Ponzi snapped that ball over Ben said, I mean, you're thinking, oh, boy, I mean, this isn't good. And, I mean, it just continued to get close on there. Um, the thing is, it did score some touchdowns in the second half when he kind of got back into the game some, but not too much. Um, and, again, you know, um. There's going to be questions, you know, why can't this team win a big game? And um, again, you know, Adan and Tonin made a couple of questionable decisions. Um, I mean, it was just a bad night for this team as well, Ron. I mean, I find this done. I mean, I was totally shocked by it. Um, I mean, I just, I mean, I've never seen him play that bad before. And I thought that was even worse, you know, than the Bengals game. Um, you know, it was first hot than what they had against the Bengals. So, yeah, I mean, it was just, um, it was just really bad. And um, certainly did not expect them to play that bad. Yeah, uh, you guys covered it. Uh, keep it quick here. But, uh, yeah, they um, obviously the snap, which you both touched on, uh, was a terrible start. I uh, can't get any worse. Uh, but to compound that with a pick shortly after and another pick shortly after, uh, and then 28-0 in the first quarter. Um, it was obviously pretty much over at that point. Um, I do give the Steelers somewhat credit by, by battling back. Um, they almost battled back. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, overall it, it was just pretty much domination, some lock dominations, whatever you want to say. But either way, um, in a sense, I'm, I'm with Cody too. I, I kind of happy for the Browns fans in a sense. Uh, they deserve it. And after so many years of, of misery in a sense – uh, they, they finally got it, and uh, I think I think they're a better team than people give them credit for. I know the Steelers made some 
boneheaded mistakes in a sense, but I think the Steelers have been, or, or uh, excuse me, the Browns have been solid uh, all year. Um, they've obviously had some flat games, but I, I think they are solid. They have a good offensive line, uh, good enough. They have two excellent running backs. Defense is pretty solid, and Mayfield has played really, really well. I, I think he developed. He has a cannon, and I think he's developed into a, a really smart quarterback. And uh, um, I didn't know if that was going to happen at first necessarily with him, but I, I think he's come a long way. Um, obviously, there's tons of question marks about the Steelers. Um, who knows what's going to happen with that? Um, one thing uh, Matthew lightly touched on, but I want to touch on even more. Um, they made some questionable calls and decisions on the stretch. What I don't understand is when they were coming back, and it was – I don't – I'm not sure what the score is, maybe down by 12 or so. Um, the fourth and one, and they don't go for it. Um, I, I know that's kind of – it's a you know easy to say, hindsight's 20-20, but at that point they had the momentum. I, I think you roll the dice there and go for it. If you don't get it, obviously it's over probably, but it was almost over anyways. I, I think you had the momentum. You had to get that. And uh, I think that was just the time to gamble. Uh, I think they were playing catch up from there. So um, I don't, I don't, I did not like that call. I think it really killed, deflated the momentum. Um, and yeah, but then uh, it's true. I, I don't know if this will be his last game or not. Obviously, no one knows, all speculation. But uh, if it was, that was a rough last game. So I hope he comes back. But at the same time, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he retired at this point. So, what, what, okay. one, one, one last okay. thing. What, sorry, one last thing too is what's yeah, the ahead. most impressive part about the Browns is they won the game with their head coach calling with the head coach in his basement in Cleveland doing the game. So they had an acting head coach and their head coach because of COVID protocols and COVID nineteen coaching the game from his basement. I remember Adam Schefter had the best tweet I think I've ever seen. It was Stefanski's going to be calling. He's going to be coaching the game from his basement. And watching on his 60-inch TV, it's like – so he's just going to be like everyone else, a normal fan watching the game from his basement like or living room for everyone else on their TV. It was – for him not to be there and, they, and the, for them to win like they did with without him, that's a truly – that's a great testament to how well that team has progressed over the year. And uh, it's going to be a good matchup this weekend too against uh, Kansas City. I don't think they're going to get blown out like everyone says, but uh, with Stefanski back, I mean, that's you know good for them. That they won the game with him not being there because that's that's kind of overlooked that he wasn't there. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll move into next week's matchup here quickly. But wow, talk about overlooked! In, in all honesty, I, uh, all three of us, I think, whether on purpose or not, went and didn't mention that. Um, and to tell you the truth, I, I kind of forgot about it. I think it kind of got washed away when they went up twenty-eight nothing. I think it didn't even it wasn't even a thing anymore, you know. And then it kind of just became: Can the Steelers seriously come back in this? Um, and, and is it really this bad? And, you know, is this really the score? And I, I think that kind of lost – a lot of people forgot about that very quickly. Obviously, they touched on on the first play. Um, yeah, they, another thing that they're not – no head coach shuffling a lot of things around. Some linemen got hurt. Um, and still just pretty much uh, just dominant offensively. They, they were great. Um, and we did everything in the world to help them. But uh, they, they played well, so kudos to them. So. But yeah, great, great win without their head coach. Uh, unbelievable story, in a sense. So, okay, uh, everybody ready to move on to uh, this coming divisional round matchups? <coughs> yes. Okay, should be a little quicker. Obviously, not as much to talk about. Got a recap and only four games. So, um, all right, we'll start off with uh, the Rams, who are kind of banged up here with with Goff, Donald, and some others, and uh, at the Packers. Um, 
which uh, looked right here to forecast their, their snow. So there's always a forecast of snow in, in, uh, at Lambeau, but who knows? Uh, but if I do know one thing, if it's a blizzard, uh, the Packers are, are not going to lose. So uh, Matthew, we'll let you start with this one. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think it was huge that the Packers got the one seed. You know, you make teams have to go through Green Bay to get to the Super Bowl um, playing in the snow. I mean, yeah, I do think in this game that that's good to practice an advantage uh, because, you know, the Rams and obviously they're not used to the snow. They're right on the west coast. They have to go to Green Bay, um, you know, where, you know, you expect it to be snowing, like you said. So, yeah, so I do think the Packers will win this game, but it should be a good game. Hopefully, um, Aaron Donald does come back. I think he's a really great defensive player. Um, I mean, if he comes back, maybe the Rams have a chance, but I just think the Packers will win uh, because they're at home and um, obviously Rado is an advantage for them. Yeah, yeah, Cody. I'm looking forward to this just because I want to see what Matt LaFleur and uh, Aaron Rodgers can do with a week off going into this round against Sean McVay. you got two of the best young offensive-minded head coaches in the NFL going up against each other on the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field this weekend. There's going to be about 6,000 fans, I think, they said they're going to be there, and it's already sold out, so good for you know, the, you know, the, the Lambo faithful, we, maybe we'll see a Lambo leap. I don't know. That's probably not safe with COVID-19, but I still want to see it with maybe people socially distanced and someone leaping in there, maybe a Devontae Adams who had like a hundred touchdowns this year. Uh, he had, a, he was great this year. That's the key shutting him down. If Jalen Ramsey can shut down Devontae Adams, Rogers has to look to the other receivers, MVS, um, Robert Tunyon, the tight end, but Aaron Jones is a, is a, as a huge, huge, um, piece uh and weapon out of the backfield for the for the Packers and you know the future uh the future Jeopardy co-ho uh yeah future Jeopardy host uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a celebrity uh host on Jeopardy going forward because he loved Alex Trebek uh I think they're going to win this game uh, that's just me I mean I want to see the Rams do well but I think Rodgers moves on against Jared Goff who believe it or not is actually the youngest quarterback playing in the uh, NFC this weekend by about Let's see, I'm looking up right now. Jared Goff is 26, so he's already, I think, 10 years younger than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers is the third youngest quarterback playing in the NFC this weekend. So uh, I think the Packers win this game easily. Well, not easily. I think they win, but, but not easily. Yeah, um, I agree. I think I think we all think the Packers kind of have the edge here. But uh, from the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, I like that. I've always liked that. Um, but yeah, they obviously have an advantage the quarter it is somehow they always seem to play amazing in the cold. Um, but yeah, 6,000 fans, I think will help them too. Uh, definitely two of the top young coaches in the league, uh, both just really phenomenal coaches. Um, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, Lambo Lee probably wouldn't be too safe with COVID-19, uh, but, uh, that, that would be neat to see as kind of tradition of that field. Um, yeah, Devontae Adams, uh, you touch on him, Cody, uh, he, man, he, he's amazing, uh, and uh, he always has been, but you feel like he gets better and better, and uh, it's like inevitable and, and unstoppable when uh, Rodgers' timing is on with him. And uh, you mentioned Jalen Ramsey covering him one-on-one. Um, yeah, can he shut him down? I, I don't know. Um, I, I think so, but, man, uh, I know Ramsey's good, but I, I don't know. You know, that, that'll be an interesting matchup there for sure. 
obviously Rogers has the edge over Goff. Uh, Rogers is great and even better at Lambeau. It's like he, it's like he's a little kid playing at Lambeau. It's almost unbeatable. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll see. But it should be a good matchup. But I think the Packers have the edge with this game. Uh, so we'll see. So okay, uh, anything else? That game. Go. All right. Uh, moving on to the Ravens at the Bills. Um, uh, Cody, you can uh, start off with this one. All right. Now we're getting into the young quarterbacks. The AFC, I'll start by saying the AFC average age of the quarterback is like 25 years old. The average age of the NFC quarterback is 37. Think about that for a second. Uh, Rodgers is what, 36, I think. Brady's 43. Breeze is what, 42. And you have Jared Goff at 26. And you have all these quarterbacks in the AFC that are under 25. Baker Mayfield's the oldest, and he's 25 years old. Uh, I, I'm excited to see Josh Allen take on Lamar Jackson. you got two very athletic quarterbacks uh, who can run and throw. I get the throwing um, advantage, obviously, to Josh Allen. But what they both can do in their offenses is great. The Bills adding Stephon Diggs was huge. I don't think the Bills get where they are without Stephon Diggs because they have – you know, Devin Singletary is a nice back, but I don't think that he – the run game is not there, but with, with the uh, the acquisition of Diggs, that helped them a lot. But the Ravens' defense is going to have to slow down Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs. But, you know, he has other receivers to throw the ball to uh, that are good. I, Isaiah McKenzie and Davis. And, you know, he loves Dawson Knox in the uh, in the end zone, in the red zone. So, we'll see. I think the Bills win this game because I just want to see the Bills get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, they remember four straight times in the 90s they went to the Super Bowl and they didn't win any of them. Um, you know, poor Marv Levy, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas. But I think uh, Bill's Mafia is going to be in full force this weekend. We'll see some people go through tables uh, out in the parking lot. I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, but I got the Bills winning this one. All right. Some interesting stuff there. Uh, Matthew? <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. This should be um, one of the um, best games of the division of um, um, you know, you have Two of the hardest teams in the league matching up against each other. Um, I think the key is going to be it's going to build some slot on the Mark Jackson now uh, because if Jackson goes off, you know, the Ravens might have a chance to win this game. But like Cody said, the Bills do have from Stephon Diggs, who obviously is really good. I mean, I remember when when the Steeners played them on here, the Steeners just kind of stop Diggs. Um, so, you know, we can the Ravens slow him down, and if they can, um, you know, might have a chance. I mean, this is going to be a great game. Um, I I think the Bills are win. At least I'm hoping that the Bills win. You know, it's a Steelers win. Yeah, but this will be um a really great game. I expect it to go down to the wire fourth quarter. I mean, it might even go into overtime, you know, so maybe we've not had an overtime game yet in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, um, I mean, I can't wait to see it. I mean, two at the hardest things, and it should be a great game to watch. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the QBH thing that Cody touched on is interesting, uh, very interesting, actually, uh, how much higher the NFC is in the AFC. Um, that uh, obviously you got the historic matchup between Brady Breeze that's thrown that off um, by a lot. But man, that's a what a game! Uh, again, uh, we haven't got to that yet, but what an exciting uh, finale to the to the divisional <laughs> round, last game of the weekend. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think it's an evenly matched game, as both of you guys said. I, I, I do agree with Cody in a point that uh, the point that Stefan Diggs is is a uh, blockbuster, man. What a, what a deal. What a what a smart move. Uh, it's made Josh Allen such a better quarterback. Diggs seems to be even better than he was in Minnesota. And uh, yeah, he, he he's really made that offense dynamic, and uh, they're they're rolling right now in offense. So um, I do think the Bills have the advantage as well. Um, but we'll see. Um, Lamar Jackson's not someone to go against. Uh, so uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I think uh, I think Marcus Peters will be a tough matchup for Diggs if they put him on him man to man or how they play that. Um, so I think that Ravens defense will make it extremely tough on Josh Allen and Marcus Peters. And uh, I think you're going to see a couple swing plays in this game that will determine the game uh, and maybe a fumble here, a pick there. So uh, we'll see. But I, I do think it will be down to the wire, like Matthew said. Um, a side note, I, I with Cody, uh, I'm sure the Bills Mafia will uh, be out in full force of the parking lot doing some uh, WWF moves, WWE, whatever you want to say, uh, at, at whatever point you watch the wrestling, uh, some, uh, some crazy stuff there in the parking lot. Um, to get pumped up. So hopefully it'll give them some uh, momentum in the game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, if they move on, I, I don't know how much further the Bills can go, in my opinion. Uh, but Josh Allen is good, and uh, they have a solid team with Diggs and the rest of them defense is solid. So uh, we'll see. So Okay. Uh, yeah, great matchup. Excited, both of them. Uh, moving on to the Browns-Chiefs. Uh, I'll kind of start off quick with this one. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. I, I think the Browns have a legitimate shot. I, I really do. Um, if they can get something established early with their ground game and the way Mayfield's thrown and, and they can score they can score with the Chiefs, which I, think, I believe they can, their offense, uh, I think they have a legitimate chance. Uh, if they fall behind, we'll see. Um, and obviously the Chiefs are great. Uh, but, but I think if the Browns come out and have some things go their way early, I think they have a legit chance to – to pull this upset or at least keep it close. I, I don't think it'll be a blowout. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I feel about that. Uh, uh, I'm not sure who went first last, but uh, Matthew, go ahead. You can start with this one. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I, I saw the um, line for that game and the Chiefs are favored by 10, which um, did surprise me some considering how well on the Bronx played against the Steelers. Um, I do think it will be a closer game than that. But, I mean, the Chiefs, man, they just have so many weapons. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what else can you say about him? I mean, I'm running out of words to describe him. That's how awesome he is. Um, but, again, I do think the Browns will keep it close only, but I'm just not sure they're going to be able to go into Kansas City and be the Chiefs team um, without the weapons. Um, but at the same time, I don't think um, the Chiefs will win by 10. I do think you know, it might be closer than that. Um, you know, um, like Cody said, um, the Fonz are getting Kevin Stefanski back, which I do think um, will help them some. Um, Seriously, again, it should be a good game. Um, I mean, the Fonz, to me, are going to have to score touchdowns. I mean, if you want to beat the Chiefs and you get in the West and you have to score touchdowns, you cannot sign up for fear because I think that's going to be the key. But the Browns, um, once they get in the West zone, if they can score touchdowns, because you know the Chiefs are going to score touchdowns. Um, so, again, um, 
Let's see what happens. And I do like the cheats at home. I just think they have just too many weapons. Yep. Uh, great points, uh, Cody. Go ahead. Uh, another playoff game at Arrowhead Stadium. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, um, literally every guy on that offense, uh, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. I think they have too many uh, too many weapons for the Browns to slow them down. Uh, I like that Matthew brought up the uh, the Chiefs are a 10-point favorite. I'm taking the Chiefs and the points in this game. I think the Chiefs, uh, they cover that easily. I'm going to go contrarian and just go disagree with everyone. I think the Chiefs blow out the Browns this weekend. Um it's great the Browns got here. I think they. I think if they had OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., I think they, they can add more. That'd be another added element to help against that Chiefs defense that's not that good. But I think the Chiefs are too talented on offense, and I'm really looking forward to a week six rematch of the Bills-Chiefs. That was a 26-17 win for the Chiefs uh, earlier this year. Uh, Mahomes, Josh Allen, you got two of the strongest arms in the league uh, going up next. So I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to – Disparage what the Browns did, but I think the Chiefs are just far too talented. Don't let that Week 17 Chad Henney Pride of Michigan loss that they had to the Chargers uh, wear on you. They're they're gonna come back and bounce back with Mahomes, and and we'll see that. I hopefully we see the Bills and the Chiefs in the AFC title game. Yeah, uh, uh, you're right. Um, like you guys both touched on, uh, you know, they're obviously favored by 10. Um, Again, though, um, Matthew and I think think the Browns have a shot, which they do. But at the same time, like Cody pointed out, which I uh, agree to disagree, and I, I see the p- point on that side too, is uh, this could easily be a blowout. Um, if things start to go wrong early for the Browns, they're going to get routed. You know, a fumble here, an interception or something, uh, they're going to get crushed. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But at the same time, it could be close. Uh, it's one of those ones I, I think Vegas hits it right, which they do a lot of the times in the NFL playoffs. They, they know. You know, very, very close what it's going to be for the most part. And uh, it'll probably be right around that, you know, maybe 10, 11, 12-point victory for the Chiefs. But it could easily be a 24-point victory for the Chiefs. Um, and it also easily could be close. Uh, but probably if I had to pick, it, it, it's more likely – I think it'll be close, but it's more likely to go that the Chiefs will blow them out. Uh, so, uh, we'll see. Like Cody said, the great points at the end of the day. They have too, too many weapons. And if the Chiefs are clicking – it's there hard to beat at home. Arrowhead Stadium coming off that Super Bowl. Uh, I think they're ready to start turning up the turn up the gas right now and, and really plow into these playoffs and run through KC and uh, get into uh, the Super Bowl again. So, uh, do a quick uh, quick tangent here before we touch on the final finale of the weekend. Uh, we'll go to another blot. Uh, skip the last night with the college game. Uh, touch on that quick Alabama at Ohio State. Um, Go, I'll go first with this one uh, real quick. Um, yeah, I thought Ohio State would keep it a little closer, but at the same time, Alabama is just an absolute beast. Uh, Ohio State was banged up, clearly, and they kept getting banged up during the game. They had some injuries and some players not 100% playing. Uh, but either way, Alabama, man, wow. Uh, that's just one of the – I think the years that Alabama wins, it's just wow. You know, like, like last year with LSU, but more so it's been a theme with Alabama. When they win – it's domination, and then there's no question, no doubt about it. Uh, Saban is man. Is he is he an amazing coach? Whatever he's doing, uh, clearly a lot of th- a lot of things. But uh, just another massive, massive win, another championship. And uh, how many, Cody? What does that give him? Eight. He has seven total now. It's the most. Seven, seven, yeah. seven. Okay, seven or eight. Seven championships in a uh, what? A seven, seven championships in seventeen seasons. I think. Uh, that's wow. Well, it's, seven I mean, total. Sorry, seven total. He has six at Alabama. That one at LSU. Right. He had. Yeah. 
LSU was 2003, I believe. Yeah, I saw. yeah. So, okay, so seven and 17 years at various schools. But either way, a few of those other times he lost in the national championship um, or in the Final Four. Uh, so he's obviously a model of excellence. And uh, But, man, wow, what a – obviously a little closer in the first half, but what a route in the second half. And uh, props to Alabama, another one, another chip. And, man, he's, he's legendary. So, uh, Cody? Yeah, I, I picked Alabama to win the game going into it. Um, I didn't watch Alabama play a lot this year because you don't need to watch Alabama play this year. You know, they're every year you know they're going to be 12-0, 13-0 going into the Final Four, uh, if, you know, the college football playoff every year with uh, Nick Saban at the helm. Uh, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, he was fantastic last night. And I know Jalen Waddle's a good talent, and he's probably going to be the, the top receiver in the, in the draft, and people like him over Smith. But I, I think you can't sleep on – Devontae Smith, he's going to be a first-round receiver. Any team's going to be lucky to get him. Mac Jones proved that he could probably be a first-round quarterback. I, I mean, he's only a one-year starter, but, you know, I'm always skeptical on one-year starters in college football. Um, but Alabama, with what Saban's done with the recruiting classes and the, everything he – you know, the players he gets to go there. Uh, it makes you think, what team was better? Because the best offense we've ever seen in college football was last year with LSU, but – I mean, was that was that LSU offense better than what Notre Dame or Notre Dame um, Alabama did this year? I don't know. It, it's tough, but what Saban's done down there, sixty nine years old, six national titles at Alabama, the one at LSU. Uh, I think if he wanted to jump to the NFL, he could do it again. I mean, yeah, he was there at the the Dolphins, and he kind of left abruptly, and you know, some people weren't happy about that, but he left for a good reason. He's only won six national titles since, so. Uh, Ohio State, you know, they're going to be there every year. They played seven games because of COVID. Um, you know, Justin Fields is going to be a first-round quarterback. Ryan Day did a good job coaching them this year. But Alabama is just far too talented uh, every year uh, to win. And, and they just showed it last night why they're the cream of the crop in college football. Uh, yeah, Matthew, did you did you go on this yet, Matthew? No. I'm very glad. I was sad. You didn't. You didn't speak on the college championship yet, correct? No, no. I, uh, I, okay. Yeah, I, didn't. I lost track for a second there, but yeah, go ahead, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was something good back and forth game only. Um, the was good and the high State coffee spawning. Um, I thought it might be one of those games. Yeah, we got the ball lost, but then on the Bama pulled away, and um, but it was just too much for high State. Um. I mean, um, you guys are thought it'd be, um, you know, a little bit closer. Um, like I said, it was sunny, but then Alabama was just too much at the end. So, um, congrats to them. I mean, Nick Saban is an awesome coach. Alabama has um, a great team. Um, they're always good every year. And, and another national championship um, for them to prove it. So, um, I mean, that, you know, Deontay. Smith and um Ivy C with the Heisman Trophy winner, he's phenomenal. Um Mac Jones is a good quarterback, so yeah, I mean Alabama is just I mean, they're just they're really awesome. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh I, I don't know if um, if you guys think this too, Cody, uh, it, it, for whatever reason to me this year, it seems like it's it's easier for Alabama on offense. I, I know Mac Jones is good, but I, I feel like those receivers sometimes are, man, are they wide open and, and just great play calls. And it just seems their offense is just amazing. Yeah, no, you're right. And, you know, it helps Steve Sarkeesian get a job again in college football. He's the head coach of Texas. And, 
you know, good luck with that one because he didn't do anything at uh, USC. But, um, you know, whoever Alabama runs in there be their offensive coordinator, they're going to – I mean, I, I honestly want to see them get – I heard rumors of Adam Gase going there maybe. I think that'd be great for Alabama. But you're right, their offense just looked, you know, on a whole nother level this year. But, I mean, just some of the guys that Saban had in that recruiting class with Devontae Smith and Mac Jones, Tua was a part of that class. Like, they, he just gets these blue-chip five-star prospects to go there. Their backup quarterback – it's supposed to be a five-star, you know, blue-chip quarterback, and he, he probably will be, and they'll win a national title, if not two in the next couple of years. But it just makes you wonder how much longer Saban's going to be doing it. But as long as he's doing it still, Alabama's going to be a threat every single year with him down there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. Yeah, great points by both of you. And uh, one thing I want to touch on, you both touched on, uh, DeMonta Smith, amazing. Um, but I know they said it on TV, and I actually thought this before I saw it, but I heard it. Um, I'm sure you, Cody, have heard it. Matthew might have heard it. Uh, they're making comparisons to Marvin Harrison, uh, who actually happens to be my favorite receiver of all time by far. And uh, he is—he's small like him, but Marvin Harrison ran amazing routes, and I feel like he never dropped the pass and was fast and quick and shifty. And I feel like that's exactly how Smith is. And a uh, man was he electrifying. Um, so obviously that clearly helped. Um, but yeah, they—they—they're uh, just amazing, amazing program. And. Uh, they really dominated. So, uh, speak touch side note real quick uh, on, on Tua. There, you said Tua was part of that class. Uh, I, I'm not totally sold on Tua in the NFL. I, I, at first, I thought he was solid, but he struggled late on in the NFL. So, I'm not, I'm not too sold on him going forward. But uh, we'll see. Um, is Cody? Uh, it'd be a good point to reference here. Is there another left-handed quarterback starter in the NFL besides him? I don't. I don't think we have. I think that he's the first left-handed starting quarterback since. Oh man! Now we're really going back. I forget who the last one to start was. I always want to say it was Tyler Palco, but I want to say it was like maybe Tebow or someone since then. But uh, there has oh, been many. If, if we're going back to Tebow and Tyler Palco, <laughs> oh boy! Hey, uh, hey, don't hey, put respect on Tyler Palco's name. That's a whippy old legend. I yeah, he, he threw twenty two touchdowns. The Fitz one here I just saw the other day. Uh, but yeah, he was all right. But Tebow obviously had a flash of greatness there. Beat the Steelers, uh, the big playoff win, and some other things. But uh, Matthew and I, I think I've talked about this before. Notoriously, there's there's not a lot of left handed quarterbacks that succeed in the NFL for for whatever reason. Uh, it seems kind of strange to me. But uh, yeah, other than you know, obviously the bigger ones, Steve Young. Um, some of the other bigger uh, left-handed quarterback, clearly big flash in the pan, kind of uh, was electrifying, and uh, some others. Um, but still, yeah, left-handed quarterback NFL is kind of rare. So, yeah, kind of went off on a, a tangent there. But get back on topic. Uh, yeah, so go to the last game of the season. Or, sorry, season, I apologize. Uh, the weekend. Uh, Matthew will let you take the lead on this one, obviously. The grand finale, the two greats. Uh, whoa, I don't even know what, to, what I want to happen in this game let alone what will happen in this game. Uh, obviously a toss-up, kind of. But, uh, Matthew, uh, Buccaneers at Saints, the floor is yours. <coughs> um, yeah, I agree. Um, I did think it would be a toss-up game. Um, I mean, it's obviously, too, of, you know, the best quarterbacks in the league. And, um, you know, potentially this could be the final time um, they face each other. Um, I can see I am excited to see this game. So be um, so be a great game, and um, you know it is a new audience. Obviously, I'm Brady isn't used to playing in the dome, um, so 
I feel like they could get the Saints in the championship. And again, I like the um, Ravens first game. I expected to cut down to the wire and and um, yeah, you know, see what happens. You know, it should be a great game, and um, you know, and like, and I feel like I feel like the Saints, um, the Saints will win. Um, again, just because I could say Brady isn't used to playing in the dome, but um, let see what happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Cody. Uh, quickly back to the left-handed quarterback thing. Uh, Kellen Moore last left-handed quarterback to start a game in the NFL. The now Dallas what? Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Excellent point. And what year was that? Twenty fifteen, I want to say. The last left-handed quarterback to start a game yeah. before Tua. 2015. Yeah, he was the last wow. left-handed quarterback to complete a pass too. So that's Boise State legend Dallas Cowboys defense or offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. But uh, to the Saints and uh, to the Saints and Bucks, two quarterbacks that Nick Saban record, uh, recruited in his first recruiting class. Uh, it's going to be a good matchup this weekend. I, I joke with that, but I mean they're both old enough to be in Nick Saban's first recruiting class. Um, you get Brady Breeze for the third time this year. It's always a great matchup to see just any legendary quarterbacks matchup. This is tough for me because Drew Brees just doesn't look the same. Um, he doesn't have – clearly doesn't have the same deep ball. He doesn't have the arm strength that he had. Brady looks like he hasn't aged in like four in like 30 years still. I know he's only 43, but still. He looks like he hasn't aged since he came into the league. I think he's just gotten better looking and better as a be- and a better quarterback as time's gone on. Um, but I think the, the Bucks have too many weapons on offense. I know the Saints got Michael Thomas back, and they have a good defense. Dennis Allen, the former Raiders head coach, is doing a nice job with their defense. But, again, the Bucks' defense is very talented. I know the Saints beat them twice this year. Very hard to beat the same team three times in a season. Uh, I, th- I think the Bucks move. I think the Bucks win this game, move on. And then, essentially, we have two old guys playing in the NFC title game and two young guys that are playing in the uh, AFC title game. Brady being 43, and you have the Bills and Chiefs playing, both guys 24. Brady's almost 20 years older than the two guys that are playing in the AFC title game, which is truly remarkable. Uh, yeah, I'll keep this real quick. Uh, you guys both hit it great. Uh, very hard to beat a team three times in one season, uh, which obviously so that edge would go to the Bucks. but uh, who knows? Um, I think it's going to go down to the wire, like Matthew stated. It's obviously two greats. I, I don't know. I'm just so, I'm so excited for this game, really, um, I, I, you know, to see. Um, obviously, whichever one wins probably goes into – uh, Lambeau and players Rogers. So right into it, another amazing week in the NFC championship. Um, we'll see if not, it would be a home game for the winner against the Rams, but I think it'll be at Lambeau. So another showdown, uh, just keep getting better. Um, uh, a point I want to make is I, I think Cody hit it um, on the head with breeze. Doesn't look the same, but at the same time though, he, he's starting to look decent now that he's back. Um, I do believe if breeze wins this game that, uh, it will really be a legacy boost for him. Um, I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. Um, I just think it's a huge primetime game against a legend. And uh, I, I think if Breeze wins this game, I think it really helps him because um, he only has one Super Bowl. And I think I heard the other day only made one an NFC championship, which would be that year, uh, maybe another one. But I believe it was only one, uh, which is crazy. Um, but I think this is a big game uh, that Breeze needs to win. Uh, for if he really wants to boost it. Obviously, great quarterback either way, um, but I think it's big for him. I do think Brady will and the Bucks will win. I think Cody said they have too many weapons. 
with all the receivers, Gronk, Everett, everybody else. Um, but I think it's going to be a good game, and I won't be surprised if the Saints win. Uh, they have that swagger um, at the Superdome. Or um, if it's not, it might be called something different now. Cody, you still call the Superdome? Yeah, it's still the Superdome, but I know I worked with a former NFL uh, fullback legend, Lorenzo Neal, and he used to always call it the Voodoo Dome because they're in New Orleans. So that, I, always, I always refer to it as the Voodoo Dome, so that's how I look at it. But, yeah, it's still the Mercedes-Benz Superdome um, there in uh, New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, so uh, so we'll see. But uh, great game. And, uh, yeah, uh, excellent uh, coverage of the NFL, guys. Uh, one, one thing we did miss I want to touch on very quickly. Matthew, I know I'm sure you have to uh, jump off here soon. Uh, but uh, Big Ben's completion, uh, completion record for the NFL, what, 46 or 47 it was? Uh, 40, which one was it, Cody? I believe it was 47, and then he had, what, 69 attempts or whatever in the game too, which is just – 68 attempts, I think, which was tied for third I saw today. Uh, which wasn't the most uh, interesting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, 40, 47 completions, uh, NFL record. So not not a good stat, but an interesting stat. Uh, Matthew, anything to say about that? <coughs> um, no, um, I agree with you. It's a very interesting stat. And um, obviously it's um, a great quarterback. Um, you know, Steen is up in – Good every year because of him. So, um, yeah, just an interesting start. That's pretty much all, all I say about it. Yeah, awesome. Uh, well, awesome job, guys. Uh, thanks for covering the NFL there. Uh, we'll finish this up here in the next five minutes or so. Uh, but one thing we put on the back burner here that I definitely do want to talk about, uh, let Cody go first, obviously, with this, uh, the movie Moneyball and uh, how that's affected things. And uh, I'm not sure what Cody wants to say or – how to say it, but uh, we'll, um, yeah, we'll, uh, very excellent, excellent movie. Um, obviously, Matthew and I both saw it, both huge baseball fans. Uh, so, yeah, we will uh, we'll let Cody take the floor on this one. So, Matthew, just give you a little bit of context. Anthony and I were watching these a- this A's team play when we were younger from, the, you know, from where we grew up and, you know, watching, you know, Miguel Tejada, Barry Zito, the guys that are, you know, well, for the people to watch the movie, it's Scott Hatterberg and, and everyone that's in there. Eric, Eric Chavez. Ch- Chavi was in there. Uh, you got Jace, uh, Jeremy Giambi, David Justice, like just some of the Chad Bradford, the guys that they had. But the so the movie came out, like, I think almost 10 years ago. But the, this was first. The book Moneyball came out in 2003, and it's a great read. But uh, I've actually – so since I've been working with the A's, I'm going on two years now with the team. Uh, I've met Billy Bean. He is – it was my lifelong goal to meet Billy Bean after watching the those teams play and then, you know, obviously reading the book and watching the movie. And uh, Billy is – it was like a, a, a dream come true to meet Billy just from everything I liked what he did. He changed the game of baseball, the way they looked at players. And really nice guy. You know, I love working for the organization – the opportunities I have, I get to do with my job and the players I've gotten to meet. Like I know all the current players. I've got to meet some legends. Like Mark, um, I've met Ricky Henderson and Dennis Eckersley. Like some of the legendary, you know, Hall of Fame baseball players. And it's it's great. Um, yeah, I'd love to meet Mark McGuire. I actually was out of town when McGuire was honored in our Hall of Fame last year. I think I was actually in um, in Jeanette for that because for something at my college and I missed the chance to meet McGuire, but I got to speak with him and it was great uh, over the phone. But uh, the Moneyball is a great movie. Uh, I I strongly recommend um, if you guys haven't read the book, read the book. The book is great. Um, There's a lot of stuff in there that's not in the movie that they don't tell, which 
Yes, they had an MVP on that team, Miguel Tejada. Yes, Barry Zito won the Cy Young. They don't talk about that in the movie either. Um, it wasn't just Scott Hatterberg that, that did it all for them. There was other pieces. But uh, I'm glad you wanted to hear more about that. Um, just working it for the organization has been a dream for me to, to work in baseball, and I, I couldn't be happier. And just uh, everything that's gone on with baseball, I'm happy baseball is going to be starting here in the next couple months. And uh, I'm looking forward to the, the, the Pirates and Indians playing this year. Uh, after the re it's gonna be a rematch of Pittsburgh and uh, the Steelers and Browns, but the Indians and uh, Pirates are both gonna be really bad this year. So okay, yeah, um, Matthew. And <coughs> um, yeah, a great movie. I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, I would say you know the beginning at the movie the eighth row. Not that good. Then they um, started to get on the wall and they won, um, obviously, a whole bunch of games here to the middle and end of the movie. But yeah, you know, one of my favorite movies. Um, it's just a great movie to watch. Um, I recommend um, for all the um, sports fans out there, if you haven't seen it, um, you know, to see it. Um, such a great movie. And, um, that's pretty much it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, a couple points here. We'll finish up. Um, uh, first of all, um, yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't realize that was the year Zito won the Cy Young and Tahada won MVP. Uh, uh wow. Um, I know Zito, how many Cy Youngs did he win? Just one? He won just the one that year, and then he goes on yeah. a couple years later to get the like the at the time the largest contract for a, a pitcher in the history of baseball. But, yeah, just the one in 2002. Did he finish in top five in other years? Um, I'd have to look. I mean, he had a couple of really good years with the A's. His best years were with the A's. Uh, when he went over to play for the Giants, they weren't as uh, – I mean, they weren't nowhere near as good as when he pitched with the A's. He, he uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. He had a, a game or two where he pitched really well in the World Series, correct? Uh, for yes, the for the Giants. That's 2012. He was left off the roster in 2010, and then he then he made they put him on the roster in 2012. I just pulled it up. Zito was only in the Cy Young balloting one time, um, and that was in the year he won when he finished first. He was actually – go ahead. Sorry. I'll say which was just domination that year. Yeah, he was 23-5 and five with a with a 275 ERA, which is really good. Woo. And Woo. the year before, the year before in 2001, he won 17 games and he finished in the MVP voting, but not in the Cy Young voting. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't make the rules, but that's just odd. That makes zero sense. But okay, um, yeah, uh, interesting uh, there. Um, yeah, a couple other things about it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Cody did uh, Cleveland baseball team or uh, did they officially change their name? Is that a thing? So I think for 2021, they're still going to be known as the Indians, and then 2022, they're going to have a different name. Um, okay, so they, they currently, right now, though, are the Cleveland Indians. Yes, they're still the Indians right now. Um, I think it was that they're going to go through 2021, and then they're going to make a name change for 2022. Yeah. It's obviously a little different and strange to see these teams with different names, but at the same time, I fully understand and respect, as I think all of us do, uh, the change, and, and it makes total sense, and, and obviously – um, if that's offensive to anyone, then we want to get those changed. Um, so it's just, uh, you know, a lot of differences. But, yeah, full, fully support um, anything that would be um, disrespectful to, to any um, certain people. So, uh, yeah, um, a few other things here. Too. The most interesting stat – well, first of all, I love the movie. I think it's just awesome. Um, 
Uh, absolutely. Wood Green played by Brad Pitt, man. He nails it, Jonah Hill. Uh, the perfect people for it. Um, but amazing, obviously, in the run. And, Cody, what was the record? What was it? 20 what? They won 20 games in a row. And it's actually fitting. I, I, I should have mentioned this, but the Browns game, Paul D. Podesta, who was the Browns' chief uh, football officer, whatever fancy title he has, was Billy Bean's assistant GM. So the, in the movie, Peter Brand, that's not the guy's real name. His real name is Paul D. Podesta. Paul now runs – he helps run the Browns, and he won a playoff game with the Browns. So, you know, good for him and, you know, former Oakland A at uh, the start of his career. So, really good for them. Interesting, interesting twist. Uh, yeah, uh, two more things here real quick. We'll finish up. Uh, I, 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 one of the interest, most interesting stuff for me from the movie is how they say uh, it just obviously defies all odds of baseball and how uh, some of the greatest teams ever never won even over 10 games. And they mentioned how uh, Murderer's Row, the 1927 Yankees, I think it was nine. They only won nine games in a row was their max. That's an incredible stat for me and really kind of hits uh, hits at home with when you think about 20 games in a row, especially in the AL, that's a little more rare. Uh, wow. Uh, rarefied air for them. So uh, awesome story, awesome movie, and uh, have to check out the book. Um, as a side note with that, another a great baseball movie that I, I believe Cody obviously has seen, but I don't know if Matthew has. I can't remember if we have ever talked about this, Matthew, uh, but it's called Eight Men Out. Uh, have you ever seen that, Matthew? <laughs> and hate me not. No, I I don't believe. Okay, uh, Cody, Cody. Cody, have you seen that? I have not. I actually, I'm embarrassed. I just watched Field of Dreams for the first time a few weeks ago. Um, but I know well, what I know what Amen Out is about, though. It's about the 1919 Black Sox, well, Chicago White Sox. Right, who they refer to as the Black Sox. I, I've actually very only seldom seen parts of Field of Dreams. So if it makes you feel any better, uh, Amen <laughs> Out, I actually had and watched in high school in a history on screen class. And then I, I really liked it. So I've seen it multiple times, but uh, yes, it highlights that, that cheating scandal. And uh, it's a really good movie. It's well made. It's interesting. Uh, and kind of shows how shoeless Joe Jackson probably wasn't part of it. Um, but uh, just some interesting stuff and really to see the inside track and kind of how that worked and kind of why they did it in a sense of what they were paid in the, that uh, day and time and kind of how that all played out. Uh, and it was a interesting fact. It was a nine game series at that time. Uh, Matthew, we usually talk talk about this before, I think, but nine game series. So you had to win five of them to clinch. That's a long series. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, anyways, yeah, I think, I think that's everything with that. Um, yeah. So uh, anything else to, to add to this uh, guys? I think this was very successful. So thanks. Thanks to, thank you to both of you for joining. <laughs> And yeah, thank, thank you. Um, I had a good time um, talking about sports with you guys, and um, it was really nice. And um, yeah, again, thank, thank you to you guys for signing it up. Absolutely. So, uh, Cody, anything else to add? Uh, I'm just, I'm glad we were able to talk uh, sports. Um, Matthew, it was great to meet you. I'm glad. And Anthony, thank you for asking me to be a part of this. This uh this meant a lot to me to do this to help you guys out, and uh, I'm always around if you guys don't talk sports. Remember, I'm three hours behind you guys, so when you guys are, you know, when it's now almost nine o'clock for you guys, it's only six for me. So I'm I, I got a lot I got a lot of hours left before uh, I go to bed. So yeah, obviously we'll have to do it again sometime. It was fun, and obviously you know we could go on and on. Uh, so maybe we can hit some different topics. Obviously, we had a lot to talk about tonight with uh, the games and some other random things, introductions and things like that. So. Hopefully, you know, we can make it a little bit shorter, probably closer to an hour. But either way, it was very fun and uh, I think beneficial, and I sure enjoyed it. So, um, uh, Cody, if you want to stay on for a second, we kind of catch up about some sound stuff and see where that went. And, uh, Matthew, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you sometime soon, and uh, hope you enjoyed it, bud. 
I'm here, Dame. Thank you again. It was nice meeting you, Claudine. Um, Evgen, Dame, thanks again for everything. <laughs>